there, and welcome to the She Hit Refresh podcast, a podcast for women aged 30 and over who want to break free from routine and start a life of travel. I'm your host, Seppi Rhymes with Peppy. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's a topic that is very dear to my guest today, Kay Fabella. Kay's a mentor and friend of mine. She's a storyteller and visibility strategist who helps underrepresented entrepreneurs grow their audiences online. And she's actually the person who came up with the idea to start a Facebook group when I went to her with the concept of wanting to help women over 30 break free from routine and start a life of travel. She joined us on the podcast to talk about burnout and how her diagnosis with depression 10 years ago led her on a path of reinvention. Part of her reinvention includes moving to Spain, starting a business, and creating boundaries to protect her mental health. And for anyone who has hit refresh or reinvented themselves or is looking to do so, you know that it's a lifelong process and not a one-time event. It's a journey that can leave you feeling isolated and lonely, especially when those around you don't understand the unconventional path that you're on. Listen in as Kay shares her tips to finding belonging and feeling less alone. All right. Yay. So I'm here with my friend and mentor, Kay Fabella. Kay, I've talked about you quite a bit in the She Hit Refresh group. For those that don't know, Kay actually is a big part of why this group exists because I was doing a course with her in 2017 and just talking out some ideas. You know, I wanted to maybe start a blog or a podcast to help women hit refresh. And she was like, I think what you're saying sounds like it would be best for a Facebook group. And that was the aha. And so here we are. She hit refresh. So, okay. other than that, will you let our listeners know a little bit more about who you are, your personal and professional life? Well, first off, Zebby, thank you for having me. And you ran and did the damn thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly like, wow, all I did was just plant the idea. And now look at this amazing community, how it's grown. So it's super awesome to be here and kind of see things come full circle. So yeah, I'm a storyteller and a visibility strategist. And I help entrepreneurs who are in the process of up-leveling in some way, especially underrepresented entrepreneurs who feel like they don't have a space online to figure out what their story is and how to use it and leverage it to reach their audiences. And I do that through the power of storytelling and then leveraging that story to apply to how they get visible online, whether it's through organic means or paid means. Really, for me, the important thing is everybody already has a microphone. It's just a matter of me plugging the mic into the amp so that their message reaches more people. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my sweet spot. And yeah, I've been living in Madrid since 2010. So going on my ninth anniversary at the time of this recording. What? A long time. And I've been a business owner for just over five. I love what I get to do. I created this business to be able to go back and forth between Madrid, which I consider my second home, my adopted city, and Los Angeles, where I'm originally from. So all my family is still based in California. And yeah, so, so far, so good. And really loving my Spanglish life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You guys know a lot of us refreshers are over here in Madrid. So Kay is part of the tribe that I run with here. And it's awesome. So I want to start off. Well, this podcast episode is in line with uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, which is what May is. And so I wanted to have Kay come on and talk about a few things because I know mental health is an important topic for you and wanted to ask why is this subject so dear to your heart? Definitely. So people know that I talk about it very openly in my own community, with my clients. Mental health is something that I have personally 
experienced and is something that I care deeply about for anyone really who's going through some sort of transition in life, burns out, uh, suffers from anxiety, undergoes depression. And so my personal story came in when uh, I was 22. I was in my first job out of college. It was in the midst of a recession, so I was happy to have a job. And so I took on all the extra projects I could. I wanted to make myself indispensable to my team and to, to the company I was working for. Yeah, I remember very clearly it was a sunny Saturday morning on a summer in August, and I could barely get out of bed. And I finally like picked up enough strength to reach for my mobile phone, which was sitting on my bedside table, to call my parents and be like, Mom, Dad, I've been crying for four hours straight. What's wrong with me? It was eventually diagnosed as clinical depression. Depression is something that I continue to live with today. And, you know, there's the occasional ups and downs and dips and they can kind of come out of nowhere. And so for me, as somebody who is a recovering perfectionist and high achiever, all of the things that depression forces you to do are the opposite of what you've been doing for so long. Slow down, ask yourself the, the, the real questions about how did I get here? What about my life is no longer sustainable? And I remember the one question that kind of stuck with me as I was working my way to a place of recovery, a place where I was quote unquote normal again, was what feels like the next right thing for me? that question just kind of kept guiding me to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And one of those next things happened to be, you know, moving back to Spain, which for me before refreshing was before you existed in my world and taught me that refreshing is a word. Uh, that was my refresh. It was realizing that I'm a daughter of Filipino immigrants who obviously cared very, very deeply about making sure that their kids had the next, the next generation for them uh, was able to benefit from their sacrifices. But I also found that the pressure of American culture, at least at the time for me, was not doing my mental health any good. And I looked back fondly on my semester abroad. Who doesn't? When it's your semester abroad in college, everything's through rose, like shiny rose-colored glasses. And that's what eventually led me to saying, well, I loved my semester in Spain when I was studying there. I'd love to find a way back. And the original plan was for a year. You know, here I am now, obviously, <laughs> nine years later. <laughs> I see. Yes, you come here, guys, and it just sucks you in. Spain sucks you in. So then how did moving to Spain allow you, because we had talked about this when we were talking about this podcast episode, how did moving to Spain allow you to reinvent yourself? So I would say for me, I think there was something really liberating about coming to not just a new place, but a new country because you're already reinventing yourself whenever you move to a new city within your own country of origin. I came in with a fairly well, better level of Spanish than I, than I thought, but still quite rudimentary, intermediate. I was saying like things in more Latin American Spanish than Spain Spanish. And for me, it became almost a game of just like, you know, as I started speaking to more locals and really made an effort my first year to try and interact with only Spanish speakers, because that was the whole point of me moving here, I would try on words and phrases and see which ones felt right to me. And like, oh, okay, this person said this thing this way. That's a little bit more humorous. This person said this thing another way, which is a little more cursed like a sailor. I'm going to try that on and see how I like it. And so that helped me in like a very basic level linguistically, helped me explore other aspects of my personality that maybe 
in contexts where people already knew me or cities where people, I already had a community, I was almost tied to that previous version of myself, right? So there was definitely that. And then on top of that, I think there's something about, Seppi and I can have many conversations on this, uh, but there's something about moving to a place where culturally a lot of the values are quite dissimilar from your own. So you run into things a lot. So not only are you trying on new things, but you're also reinforcing parts and aspects of your personality that were already there. Like I know for a fact that I like deadlines. Who knew? <laughs> and when you have like the Spain, no pasa nada, like it's, that's all good. It's, you know, kuna matata basically. It doesn't always jive with me, but you find the happy middle. And so it was really cool because over the first year that I was here, I was trying on, you know, different ways of expression. I was uh, interacting with people that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. I was, you know, putting myself out there in a different way. And yeah, that allowed me, I think, to reinvent myself, uh, but also more importantly, come back to who I really was or discover parts of myself. Oof, I like that. Yes, for anybody who has done extended travel or lived abroad, you know that it's not just about exploring new places, but when you're exploring places that are different and stimulating like that, you learn so much about yourself. And so you really do have that like self-reflection. Uh, so I want to go back to your burnout and moving to Spain. Did moving to Spain help you overcome burnout and depression? I just want to jump in because I think a lot of people maybe think that changing your environment will change your situation. Yeah. And I would say the thing that I want to stress is I was in a place where it was about a year and a half after my diagnosis that I made the decision to come. It was not a simple matter of like, okay, my life sucks. I'm just going to go abroad and fix everything because I was happier then. It was from a place of, you know, like every refresh needs to be made with some level of preparation. And in my case, some level of you know, mental stability, knowing that when I landed, I would have resources. I made sure that I found an English teaching TEFL program and, you know, got my student visa and all that stuff sorted. So it came with a level of, you know, I know that I want to do this and I'm going to try this out for a year, but it wasn't like a, I pulled the trigger and then ta-da, I was in Spain, one-way ticket. But I would say one of the reasons I loved Spain when I first studied abroad here was because a lot of the parts of me that were more kind of a perfect storm for a high achiever don't really exist so much here. So I found myself even like, I only had two modes of walking back then. It was like power walk or run. Like, <laughs> And now it's like, well, you can see that the light for the pedestrians is blinking. And it's going to turn red soon. Why are you running to catch it? You know, little tiny things like that, that I noticed that Spain brought out in me or the sort of exploration of conversations, like no conversation is linear, like almost every conversation that you would strike up with a stranger or with a friend of a friend would never be like, who are you and what can you offer me? <laughs> it was very just really like, I'm taking time and I'm investing in you and I'm talking to you and I'm really interested in you. So all of these things, I think that taught me to act more purposefully, to not have to worry so much about an end destination or an outcome or a goal, but rather enjoying a process. I think that's the biggest thing that Spain has taught me. And that was one of the main reasons I was able to recover from my burnout. And with depression and how, I mean, obviously moving isn't a solution. It's not going to make you feel different overnight or change how you feel, but how has it affected your mental health? 
So I would say in terms of depression, I definitely had tools that I I had. I I have therapists that I speak to. My first therapist, actually, when I landed and decided I was going to stay here for a little longer was in Spanish, which was kind of crazy. (laughs) That definitely gets your, your vocabulary up. But I have people that, like, I think there was the presence of mind from having everything being in a new country on overdrive almost forces you to really be aware of yourself. So when I would see my mood dip or I would feel this like inexplicable wave of sadness, and I know it by now, I would have the tools. I would know who to reach out to. You know, now there's the amazing thing of you have therapists online that you trust. And I have, well, I don't say on speed dial, but you know, speed email, uh, (laughs) whenever I need her. It helped me recover in that sense because the sort of hyper awareness of forcing myself to be present through every moment in ways that I think we sort of take for granted or we just kind of assume things are the way they are back home really helped me being abroad. So yeah, I would say that it's helped me at the very least tune back into myself and and learn to manage and live with it. Thank you for sharing. So in regards to mental health, what were some of the challenges you faced here? Or like, what were some emotions that you were going through when you moved here from the US? Yeah, definitely. So I think um, very similar to, I'm sure, many other members of your community who hit refresh and in in my case, you know, living abroad, I think you go through a honeymoon period, at least initially for like the first year, year and a half, two years. And then it just, you know, reality smacks you in the face or something. And and for me, it's really important to find community wherever I land or to at least feel that I have a support system. I think especially for women, we, we interact or we, we build our, our relationships uh, so that they're, you know, not just friends, they're sisters. You know, we, we look for, especially when you're living abroad and you don't have any sort of, you know, solid family ties or, you know, your de toda la vida, like your friends that you've had all your life, you're really looking for people that get you. And at a certain point, you know, it's not to say that you lose to, I still have friends from back home from like 20 plus year friends now, but there's, there's a natural just distance, uh, not just in terms of the physical distance, but you grow apart from them. So you really care about finding people that get you. And so I think the things that I dealt with were definitely once the honeymoon phase ended were loneliness, were kind of just seeking out, but not so much loneliness in the fact like I I was surrounded by people and living in Madrid, it's an amazing city, but really feeling that I didn't have a person who just got me or a person that I could talk to or someone who understood my situation. I mean, there weren't as many Facebook groups like there are now. There was no meetup.com at the first time I moved here. So it was a lot of you kind of having to proactively seek out these communities. And so those were things that I definitely dealt with uh, in terms of challenges. Yeah, I think that's normal too. I love how you mentioned the honeymoon phase because I've definitely been there. I've been on and off for Spain for a long time. And this last time I moved here in 2015 and yeah, ooh, it's so exciting. You're back, love and life. Everything's great. And then two years in, I realized, wow, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have my people. And I did feel quite lonely in this amazing city where people are so warm and friendly. I just was thinking like, what is the point of being here if I feel alone? And luckily, just by being proactive, and we'll talk a bit about that, like things really turned around. Like my experience here in Madrid was just elevated and enhanced because of the community of people that I met here. So that makes a huge difference. But feeling lonely is um, very relatable. 
So I know that you're a business owner and you just had a piece featured in Fast Company. Woot woot. So I will add that in the show notes. And in your piece, you talk about how starting your own business helped you recover from burnout, which doesn't seem to make much sense when you say it. But when I read the article, it does make a lot of sense. So maybe you could share with us. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that was, I'm still pinching myself that that happened, to be honest. It's really cool. And I think it was really because I offered that angle. Nobody really talks about, I think there is a lot of talk about burnout. It's something that definitely compared to where, when I was diagnosed about 10 years ago, is something that is much more openly talked about now. But what I found was there's not too much in terms of literature or how to's or what happens after. How do you fix yourself or quote unquote fix yourself? And so for me, what I what I realized was not just that Spain was really great for me. Obviously, I met my Spanish partner, my husband, Javi. So that was really helpful. <laughs> there was that sort of personal fulfillment, but there was also the the sort of professional desire, as I said before, to be able to go back and forth between the two places I call home. For me, there was also something that I realized very early on into my time here in Spain was that one of my core values is freedom, which I think we all share, everyone listening to this podcast. And so for me, being able to freedom for me did not necessarily look like picking up my laptop and going to the next exotic location after a month, but it looked like if something happens to my family back home, I can fly back whenever I need to. And so that was the initial intent of trying to figure out how I could start a business. But then on top of that, it's the day-to-day. This is, again, if you guys are thinking of starting businesses, the honeymoon phase of, oh, cool, I can be on Facebook all day, <laughs> you know, or I can, you know, dictate my own schedule or work late hours or whatever your sort of ideal schedule is for you. But then eventually you realize like, well, one, I got to earn money. Um, I got to pay the bills. <laughs> and two, I got to be productive and really make the most out of my day because the whole point of you creating a business is not so that you just trade you know, working for someone for working for yourself and you're the worst boss ever because there's always something to do and having your work spill over into weekends. So what I found was, and this was something I think I was very conscious of from the beginning was if I'm going to start a business, it has to be a schedule that I can set. It has to be something that has very strict boundaries that it's Monday to Friday and these are the hours and my clients know that they are not reaching for me at any and odd hours of the day. You know, I have regular joy breaks in my day. So I, I work from home in my in my home office and my coworkers are my two cats. And so <laughs> the only sort of conversation I have sometimes is like maybe calling my husband or like going for a walk with Seppi, who's currently my neighbor at the time of this podcast recording, <laughs> or, you know, doing a yoga inversion or doing something that allows me to kind of disconnect from work or exercise creativity in a different way. And so that's something that I get to build into my business. That's something that then is the priority for, okay, what do I need to hire and delegate and outsource to? What are sort of my income, visibility, and learning and development goals every month? Everything comes back to, it has to feel balanced, it has to feel good, and it has to work for you. And when the inevitable dip happens... I'm lucky that I have not just clients, but also colleagues that are very understanding. And I let them know transparently, like today just wasn't a good day. And I build that into my existing products and services. I also build that in into how I communicate as openly, as transparently with, with my people as possible. 
Oh, I love that. Yes, because if when you're running a business, you're wearing multiple hats, you can be working long hours, juggling client demand. So I love how you uh, build that into your business to protect your mental health. I love how you batch things too. Case told me like she has like her days where um, she batches maybe all client calls because that's very exhausting. And then she'll have a next day where she's not talking to anybody because she needs to recover. And I've learned that from her too. And just from my experience here in Madrid, I'm a super extrovert. Kay claims she's an introvert, but you know, I I don't know. I've been charading (laughs) as an extrovert for so long that nobody can tell the difference. But as soon as I hit the door, I'm just like, Yes. And me being a super extrovert, sometimes I overbook myself with social appointments and client calls. And I too have had to learn how to batch because I just feel so much better knowing the next four hours I got to talk to people, but tomorrow I have a recovery day. So it does make a big difference when you plan your, yeah, your day to day with the awareness of your mental health. So I want to talk about uncertainty because there's a lot of uncertainty when you hit refresh whether you're planning to move abroad, change careers, start a business, you have your plan. But as we all know, things don't always go to plan. That the truth, right? Ain't that the truth? There will be challenges, obviously uncertainty, days that really suck. That's a reality. Days where you struggle to fight those inner demons. And how do you deal with this? And what tips would you give to those that are dealing with this? For me, uncertainty is always going to be a constant companion as somebody who has chosen a path less traveled. And I think that's the same for all of us who are looking to hit refresh in our life. And so it's really just a matter of perspective. Like you can either see something that doesn't go your way as a failure or as a lesson. And so when uncertainty hits, it's just, okay, that didn't work. That's not exactly what I needed right now, or it wasn't the right timing, or for one reason or another, it was just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. So the sooner that you can learn to lean into just acceptance and and kind of letting go of the need to know the outcome, the better. But in terms of specific days where, at least in my case, because I have the mental health piece of struggling with bouts of anxiety and like, you know, learning to live with depression when it hits kind of unexpectedly. For me, it was coming back to what I said earlier about this idea of structuring that in or almost like doing things like batching, batching everything from my content to even like, say, for example, I get a chance to answer an email on a Sunday. I don't want my client to know that I was looking at it on a Sunday. So I just scheduled to go out on a Monday. Uh, So, you know, little things like that. So if, say, for example, Monday morning hits and I'm not as motivated, I know that there are things that are, there are measures in place that I put in for where I had to deal with my sort of inner demons or things that just, you know, don't feel great. And I think the other big part is really just trusting and leaning on your people. Reaching out for help for me has been the biggest thing. And so now that I have my sort of mental health barometer for whenever I know that I'm in a place of struggle, I first do my sort of self-assessment of like, okay, maybe it's something as simple as like, okay, I'm maybe not sleeping as much, or maybe I've taken on a larger client workload than I should have. Uh, How can I delegate that? Or just kind of going through these different things, you know, even for those health nuts who are out there who like hacking themselves like I do, like, oh, maybe it's getting rid of sugar or like lowering my caffeine intake or whatever it happens to be. And if I see that it's like a longer dip, then it's talking to people and like whatever I can't sort on my own, you know, I have, I'm lucky that I have my husband as my rock, you know, my sort of inner circle of friends and, you know, just knowing that there is a trusted group of people, including my own clients and people who are on my team to reach out to. And I think the days where things suck are doubled or tripled in pain when you feel alone. So wherever you can reach out to somebody who you trust, the better. 
Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so true. You know, I, um, in the past, I don't even know, maybe it's the past five years. I'm not sure when it started, but I started feeling anxious. There would be periods, days, weeks, months where I would wake up with these butterflies in my stomach, this anxiety, sometimes to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to wake up. I just want to keep sleeping, sleep it off. And I was like, what is going on with me? And I realized, you know, the best way for me to deal with that, because you guys know me as Peppy Seppi, and I am, um, it was very different for me to feel like that for an extended amount of time. For me, the best thing to do was to have kind of systems in place, knowing that, okay, I don't want to get up, but if I get up and go for a run, I know I'm going to feel better. So trying to stick to that, but also talking to people about it. Like the more people I told kind of how I felt, the more people I realized like everyone's dealing with something like, yeah, you aren't alone. And I've, and I've shared in the group too. There've been one or two times when I was just really feeling, um, I call it like the the inner beast when that inner beast was like trying to take over. And I was like, no, I got this. And I've shared with the group of, and asking, you know, who else has felt like this or have you gone through this and just reading everyone's comments and knowing like, okay, I'm not alone in this has helped so much. So thank you for sharing with us. So talking about reinvention, uh, because you know, you moved to Spain and you reinvented yourself, but, um, what are your thoughts on reinvention in the sense like it, I don't think it's so much an event, but an ongoing process, right? I mean, there's many refreshes within a refresh. Yeah. For a long time, I called myself the queen of pivoting, but I guess we can redub me the queen of refreshing (laughs) (laughs) because I've definitely pivoted or refreshed multiple times. And I think it really, it's just a natural thing that happens when you evolve with people. We evolve, our stories evolve, our, who we are, our identities, uh, who we see ourselves as evolves over time. And especially when you're in this state of hyper-awareness when you're living abroad, for example, or as a long-term expat or on the road or whatever your refresh that you've chosen looks like for you, or even as simple as changing careers, like moving from one industry that, you know, you kind of follow the path and check the boxes. I love how Michelle Obama refers to herself as the box checker in, in Becoming. And you've done all that and then you're realizing, no, actually my passion is something completely different and I'm going to, you know, make a go for this opportunity. And And so I think it's just every refresh comes from similar to like what I tell my clients in in pivots. Every pivot, every refresh comes from you just uncovering another layer of who you already were and bringing it to the surface. So it's just you moving closer and closer to the direction of whatever your dream life looks like, your dream job looks like, and being willing to discover that. And every refresh for me is an act of bravery. So yes, it's definitely an ongoing process. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. Every refresh is an act of bravery. And I would like to remind you guys, and I'm always telling you that in the group, that it's okay to change your mind. Like you may have been, had a plan, I'm going to move to Spain and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And it didn't end up being what you wanted or you didn't like it. It's okay to change your mind, go somewhere else, even go back home. That's totally okay. Reinvention is a process. So it's never a failure or don't feel of it as anything negative. It's an opportunity to learn. All right. So any last insights you'd like to offer anyone that's living with, whether it's depression, anxiety, or just any of the feelings that we've talked about here of loneliness, wanting to belong, isolation, anyone that's thinking of hitting refresh or who has already hit refresh and dealing with this? Yeah. So I think my big things are make regular time for yourself, not just because I'm an introvert and I'm biased, but on top of that, it's knowing, especially when you are making this decision to go on this path that is 
unconventional for many who are in your circles or many who know you or maybe feel kind of like, huh, like what's she doing next? Uh, you really want to keep coming back to who you are and what you want and why you're doing this and what, you know, to borrow a phrase from a mentor of mine, who are you and how do you want to move through the world? And tuning back into that regularly is going to guide you through any sort of ups and downs and, you know, after the honeymoon phase is over or when you land in that dream job that you thought that you wanted, it doesn't turn out to be the thing that you wanted. You know, there's going to be an inevitable bump. That's the nature of life, right? So I think that remembering who you are and making regular space for that is really, really important. And then on top of that, I would say really lean on you know, your sort of core people, whoever those people are that, you know, get you. I mean, you've got an amazing group here in Sheer Refresh of, of people who maybe it's the first time you've ever shared your dreams about travel or hitting refresh on your life with, you know, beyond your sort of inner circle or the people that have known you your whole life. You know, you can talk to any one of them, to Seppi and to Annette and everyone who's in the group. Really lean on the community that you have and even the ones that you don't see physically because that's the beauty of the internet nowadays. You really don't have to feel isolated. It's really easy to be like, hey, raise my hand. I'm feeling this. Who can I talk to? And somebody connects with you for a virtual coffee chat. It's so simple for that to happen. So never feel like whatever you're struggling with, whether it's depression, anxiety, or some level of you know loneliness or feeling like you're, you're struggling to find your place wherever you've landed is something that you have to navigate alone. And and as somebody who has invested in mental health professionals, I mean, those are the best people for you. If you sense that you are going through something and it's not some web MD diagnosis, but something that feels legitimately like, or something that you know you've struggled with in the past, unfortunately, a refresh is not going to be a permanent happy ending no matter where you land, it's just going to eventually let things that were already there bubble to the surface. So when you know that something like depression or anxiety or some other mental health issues, something that you struggled with before, make sure that you reach out to somebody who's a professional that can help you. So those are my tips. Love them. Thank you. All right. So we are wrapping up here. If people want to learn more about you or get in contact with you, where should they go to find you, Miss Kay Fabella? So they can find me on my website, kfabella.com, where I talk about all things storytelling and visibility and messaging strategy for online entrepreneurs. And I also have uh, my first book coming out in September, and it's called Rewrite Your Story. And it came from this idea that as somebody who has refreshed, pivoted multiple times, and especially after burnout, my steps and tools and techniques and how I landed and found my way through it because I think for me, it's important to remember for ourselves and also for the people listening to the podcast, it's never too late to rewrite your story. And all it takes is you choosing faith in yourself and what you're capable of over fear. And that's what I cover in my book, which is coming out. So, so excited to read that. That is very much in line with what we talk about, ladies. It's never too late. I'm telling you, it's never too late. You're never too old to hit refresh or rewrite your story. Great. And I'll add um, a link to your site in the show notes as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, friend, for joining me here. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And with that, we are out.
All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If we provided any value for you, we'd love it if you gave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you'd like to connect with She Hit Refresh, please join us in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash She Hit Refresh. You can also check out our blog for more tips and tricks to hitting refresh. And that's at shehitrefresh.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at She Hit Refresh.